welcome back, everyone. This is the Spirits and Poetry Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Jorge Quintana, and today we're talking about the self and the ego. Thank you for tuning into this frequency. It is amazing that you're just dedicating this portion of your of your life to to sharing this frequency with me. So welcome back. I hope that you're able to to learn something that you can carry on through your life. Of course, if you're not following the podcast on Instagram, you should at the Spirits and Poetry. And if you're listening on a medium where you could rate and review the episode, I would be very grateful if you did. Just means a lot. Helps with uh, promoting the podcast and just other people that will, you know, just check. Oh, what is this podcast about? Oh, it has good ratings. Let me check it out. And as always, as always, it wouldn't be the spirits and poetry without poetry. Stick through to the end where I'm sharing a poem about a tree. And so it's actually I, I leave a a, a poetic prompt a writing prompt later this episode and this this poem more or less fulfills that so i'm able to give a prompt and then show you my own version of it right but without further ado let's get into it let's start discussing the self and the ego and we'll start with the ego because sigmund freud yes i am bringing up sigmund freud the the man the myth the legend what is the ego so sigmund freud believe that the human personality is split into three chunks there's the id there's the ego and there is a super ego and as a reference i'm using psych use video on the id the ego and the super ego you can find them on youtube and it's it's very 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 i like the way they put the video together but when talking about these three parts of the human personality sigmund freud uses the example of an iceberg so if you look at an iceberg you see the top well, that's the ego, right? That's what you can see. Right next to the ego is the super ego. And Psyche says that this part of personality is called pre-consciousness because even though it exists outside of our immediate awareness, it's still accessible consciously. And if you know about icebergs, if you're an iceberg fanatic, then you know that most of the mass is underwater. You really can't see all of the iceberg. Most of it is below sea level. So this is the id. The id is the part of the personality that we cannot access consciously, but yet still has a very big play in how we develop. So your id is like your subconscious aggressive and sexual urges. If you know about Sigmund Freud, you know that he believed that these urges existed in every man who wanted to kill their father and marry their mother. The id is, the id is just those unconscious, subconscious aggressive sexual urges and as we grow up well the id's desires also grow with us but the id cannot just constantly grow without being checked it's checked by the other part of the personality the ego the conscious mind the executive part of personality and so it checks the id according to the real world laws around us right we grow up and we're taught what is right? What is wrong? You know, how should we behave with people? What kind of words should we use? What kind of words shouldn't we use? We internalize these rules and regulations and we develop our own moral compass. This is the super ego. So the id is your raw, unfiltered, sexual, and aggressive urges. Your super ego is like a moral compass, like the angel on your shoulder. And Psyche says that the ego is like the referee between the two. 
right? It filters the urges and the morals we hold dear. But we're not talking about the self, the ego, the id, and the super, you know, we're just talking about the ego and the self. So I want to just put the focus on the ego. Sigmund Freud doesn't talk about the self, right? He just, he just brings up those three parts of the personalities. But there's this other sense of self or this other part of us that is called the self. And this self encompasses more than just our physical bodies and minds. This is why I'm focusing this episode on the self and the ego. So let me tell you a story. Story time. And I'm going to tell you about Tom Lawlin. Tom Lawlin is a Jungian school psychologist whose specialty is working with people who have been diagnosed with cancer. Lawlin says that the moment a person learns that they have cancer, a profound shift happens in their psyche. In this very moment, when they learn the truth of their diagnoses, they learn what truly matters to them. Suddenly, concerns that were once so stressful and important no longer mattered. And instead, relationships that they once overlooked take on a new importance. But also other thoughts come up. What about the person's gift for music or art or poetry or filmmaking? They go back to these passions that they may have left behind and and suddenly they return to it with, with more power and poignancy. As Stephen Pressfield puts it, and I quote, Faced with our imminent extinction, Tom Lawlin believes all assumptions are called into question. What does our life mean? Have we lived right? Are are there vital acts that we have left unperformed? Crucial words unspoken? Is it too late? And this question, or this quote, exemplifies the difference between the self and the ego. So Carl Jung believed that the ego is the part of our psyche that we think of of as I. The ego is the I. Like Freud put it, it's, it's like the conscious intelligence, the conscious mind. Jung, however, defined the self as a greater entity that includes the ego. So the ego is included in the self, but it also incorporates the personal and the collective unconscious. Dreams and intuitions come from the self. Archetypes are born here. Jung says that in the self exists the sphere of the soul. And Tom Lawlin argues that we make this shift from the I, from the ego, to the self when we confront death. This, if you're familiar with psychedelics or or if you're part of the community that takes psychedelics, you know that there is a state when there is so much psychedelic substance in your body that it's like your eye fades, your your ego fades. It's called ego death. You reach a state of, of unity with all you see past yourself, so to speak. So the self wishes to create and to evolve while the ego hates change. It wants everything to stay the same. So Stephen Pressfield puts it this way. This is what the ego believes. The ego believes that one, death is real because it's tethered to the physical world. It sees death as an absolute end and it is terrified of it. It believes that two, time and space are real 
As Pressfield put it, the ego believes that in order to get from point A to Z, we must pass through points B, C, D, and so on. The ego believes that three. Every individual is different and separate from one another. You versus me. The ego believes that four. Self-preservation exists. We must do whatever to survive. Kind of like getting that full-time job, even though you hate it, because you need to pay bills. And lastly, the ego believes that five. There is no God. Because again, the ego is tethered to the physical and it can only believe what it can rationalize. In contrast, the self believes that one, death is an illusion because the soul endures and evolves through infinite manifestations. The self believes that two, time and space are illusions because time and space can only apply to the physical world and the soul is interdimensional. The self believes that three, all beings are one. By hurting you, I hurt myself. By betraying you, I betray myself. By loving you, I love myself. The self also believes that four, the supreme emotion is love. Love that encompasses and eclipses all other emotions. And lastly, the self believes that five, God is all there is. I am God, you are God, we are all manifestations of the one source. So the self is connected to all. And this is the space where we create from. In the episode I recorded on duality, I touched on this subject where I talked about how the thinking mind, the ego, creates the principles of duality, which basically marks all things as separate. And in order to experience what is called non-duality, we must quiet the mind. To connect with the self, stop thinking in terms of I and think in terms of we. Don't see yourself as, as separate from the trees or, or the birds or the dogs or the people around you. We are all connected. We are all the same. It is the brow chakra, the third eye chakra, that deals with insight. This is the one that is blocked by the illusion of separation. If you believe that everything is separate or apart from you, it's like, oh, what's that word? Come, compartmentalize? Come. Oh, I'm trying to think of the word where essentially it's like, by seeing all things as separate, you're losing touch with yourself. It's like you're putting yourself in your own compartment. Compartmentalize, that's the word. It's like you're your own compartment and the natural uh, like trees or the plants are their own compartment and then animals over here are their own compartment. It's a disconnect. It's a disconnect. And that disconnect ultimately means there's a disconnect inside of you. But essentially, let's get back to it. Sorry, I went on a on my little rant. <laughs> but this applies to how create how we create. Because we create from the self, the part of us that is connected to everyone and everything. This is why you'll you'll hear a song that will that will perfectly describe how you feel and in that moment when you're listening to that song and whether it's the lyrics or the beat and it just perfectly describes your mood or your point of view or just how you feel we feel validated 
We feel understood. We feel like we are seen. This is also why the artist can never fail. The artist can never fail because the artist taps into the self and produces work that will always be understood and appreciated because at the end of the day, that is what collective unconscious means. We all care about the same things. We all believe in the same truth. Some of us just haven't found it yet. So if you're an artist, my challenge for you is to create. The hardest part about writing, sorry, the hardest part about writing is literally just sitting down and writing. The hardest part about being a musician is sitting down to play. The hardest part about being a painter is sitting down to paint. Create, just create. Because this creation is coming from the part of you that goes beyond your body. Poetry comes from a place beyond your mind. Inspiration is a direct connection to God. And if you're a poet, as promised, I have a writing prompt for you. So, my writing prompt is this. Write in the point of view of a plant or a tree or a flower of your choice. Anyone that you feel drawn to. Research that plant, tree, or flower. Learn about any medicinal properties that, it, that they have. Learn about when it blooms or how it grows. Learn about where it makes its home. You can even choose a plant, tree, or flower that is native to where you're from. Become that plant. Become that tree. Become that flower. Imagine your consciousness merging with their consciousness. Your body becoming their body. And just see what you can create. So in recap. Very short episode today. (laughs) But in recap. The ego is the mind that thinks physically. The self is the mind that understands spiritually. See what lies outside of you. And you just might find yourself. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for for sharing this time of your day with me. And I hope that I was able to provide some kind of information, some kind of, of, of knowledge that you could just carry for the rest of your life. Even if it's just a poetry prompt that gets you writing again. And as promised, I have my own poem that I didn't write it for this prompt. I actually came up with this prompt as I was writing this episode, but it's about a tree. So I figured, hey, why not share it? Why not encompass it and I do humanize the tree a little bit because this is not just any tree this is a tree with survivor's guilt a tree with survivor's guilt around these parts of the city they call me tree because well I'm a tree but best believe I'm the tallest on the block I mean I'm one of two trees on the block but I'm a California buckeye which means my leaves prefer full sun and And I've been here about a while, roughly 55 years. The young Freeman Cottonwood that lives across the street is too young to know the colors that once touched this neighborhood. There used to be more of us, but now it's just, it's just me and the Cottonwood named Cotton after his father and his grandfather. He reminds me of me. Before I learned to stretch my body into the sky, before, before me and gravity really got acquainted, you know, it's, it's funny how fast time can move when you stay in the same place all your life. Sometimes, sometimes I share my memories with Cotton. 
memories built by decades and the deaths of winter. I share my memories of of a nice old cherry tree and a loyal pear tree and a California book guy reaching his branches to the sky for the sky, hoping to hold the entire neighborhood in his shade. But see, Cotton, he's still in his early springs and summers and he doesn't understand how suddenly things can change, how suddenly trees can be uprooted. To him, there's his body and the sky and he ain't looking anywhere but up. But all I see is smog that I couldn't make it out of. The air of chainsaws and their politics and the people who come into neighborhoods like mine to renovate them. Because they got visions of a future where it's buildings and not trees touching the stars. These are the kind of scars that grow like weeds. Memories refusing to die. Dead friends marked with brown patches and stumps just for people to pass by and notice a life that they could only pretend to understand. Cotton don't know how lucky we are to be in this block. To be here, still standing. To be breathing and making room for breath. How colorful this block once was. The reds, so red, you could only find them on this side of town. The wind with the smell of is a world on its back, my friends. Still tall, still standing by me. I know heaven is a special kind of green. And that there are roots that can never be taken out around these parts of the city. They call me tree. Because my future is to be cut down. Thank you for for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And may you carry these lessons, these emotions, these feelings with you, through you. Create from the self. Because that's truly who you are. Peace, love, and blessings on your journey, y'all. Take care.